0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 212 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Marianne Stebbins. Marianne lives in Beaverton, Oregon, where she works in organizational development, which she tells me is human resources, because I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) There are a lot of jobs out there. We were talking about that before we began. But welcome, Marianne. Thank
1: you, Jen. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm really glad to have you. Tell that story about the kids and what they want to be when they grow up.
1: I was in an elementary school while my daughter was playing basketball and I was walking up and down the halls a little bit and there was a bulletin board and it showed the kids and they drew pictures of themselves and what what they wanted to be when they grew up. And a lot of them want to be YouTubers. And I didn't even know that that was a career until I I saw that a lot of eight-year-olds are selecting that.
0: Well, that's just hilarious. And then when you said that, I was like, that's almost what I do. (laughs) It is. I mean, I'm a podcaster, but, you know, that that didn't even exist, you know, back in the day when we were going through school. I was like, I want to be a teacher. I mean, here, and I was, but there are all these careers that we didn't even, I mean, just think about what really will be a career by the time they are old enough to be working.
1: For sure. Well, and even in the organization that I work in, sometimes I tell new employees that There are so many jobs here. I don't even know what they all are. I mean, there's just opportunities. Yeah, it's exciting.
0: Exactly. It it really is. There really are a lot of jobs. Well, anyway, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well,
1: I have a group of folks that I work with and we meet every Wednesday morning. We call it our health wig or wildly important goal. And we make a commitment every week about something health related. And then we we kind of track how we're doing and and there's some accountability there. So one of the gals that is part of that group with me started intermittent fasting a while ago. And she was having a lot of success while I was doing like everything else. I was whole 30 and then I was keto and I was doing You know, all kinds of crazy things. So, this was probably like 2018, 2019. And finally, one day, it was kind of at the end of the year, like in November. And we were going to have a session where we reported on our wins and how we did. And I just thought, why am I not doing this intermittent fasting thing? She's killing it. (laughs) So, I ordered your book, I listened to your podcast, and I signed up for. Facebook stuff. And I came to that next Wednesday meeting and I was like, okay, Tanya, I'm in, I'm doing it. I, I've got this. So it kind of started there.
0: So how long had she been doing it at that point?
1: I think that she'd been doing it over a year. And, you know, of course we like went through all of that the stuff that people do. Like we would have team lunches and she wouldn't eat and we'd like say, oh, you're starving yourself and all of those things. And so I kind of had pre-warned about how,
0: how people react to intermittent fasting a little bit through her. That's true. So <laughs> we do hear those things. I remember being a teacher and it was one of the teachers in the building. I won't say what kind of teacher she was, because then everybody would know who it was that worked with me. <laughs> but it was one of the teachers who never had struggled with their weight was like, yeah, but you just starve yourself. And I'm like, absolutely. No, I don't. <laughs> but it was someone who had never dieted that I'd ever seen. And Never gained any weight. She never struggled. So I think it's hard for people who have never had to face the struggles to understand. It is really tiring when you were doing Whole30 and keto and all those things and not finding success or peace, right? Right,
1: for sure. Well, and all those things work for a little period of time, but then they don't. And the thing that I really saw with Tanya was it seemed like she just didn't have to think about it all the time. And it wasn't this huge effort it just was like it's just part of what she did and and it worked really well
0: that's really what the piece of it is you don't have to think about it all the time because before when you're not doing intermittent fasting there's always that food decision should I eat this should I not eat that is it time should I not should I wait is it time for a snack but when you're fasting you're like well the answer is no because I'm fasting
1: right yeah, it does take away a lot of decisions that you have to make. It's kind of, it reminds me of Steve Jobs wearing the black shirt every day. Like sometimes you get decision fatigue. So even just being able to cut some of that out can make a difference. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Then you're like, well, it's going to be another black shirt. And a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> we know what it is. And that is 100% true. And that's what makes it such a peaceful way to live because suddenly you're not making those decisions. The only decision is, ooh, what will I eat when my window is open? right. Yeah, for sure. So you started then. Do you remember what day you started?
1: It was in November of 2019. Okay. Yeah.
0: And how did it go when you first got started?
1: It was good. I mean, I I just started kind of slow. I remember like just pushing breakfast back a little bit. And then then I was like, oh, man, I don't have to take as much stuff with me to work every day. I love that. Like, I I don't really want to pack lunch. I, <laughs> I felt like that was nice to like not have to worry about that. That first year, I feel like I did pretty good with fasting, and I experimented with the Meal List Mondays, so I did a few of those sessions, and it was it was probably in August that I was like, I'm a fasting rock star. Like, I really got this.
0: August of 2020? Yes. Yeah, so, so I had you been losing weight really well. Yes,
1: yeah, so I had lost like 40 pounds. Wow. I don't have to eat like dinner with my family, like if I'm doing a longer fast, like actually I felt like it was kind of easier sometimes because then when someone needs like more milk or ketchup or whatever, like you're, you're just drinking your Topo Chico and.
0: Right. Yeah. So you were a fasting rock star. You'd lost 40 pounds and now it's August of 2020. Yes.
1: So then there was just like a lot of change that started happening. I had at my work, I found out I was getting in a different leader that I was gonna report to. We also just got incredibly busy. So I was in a different role then and our production was it was manufacturing and we were just working a lot of overtime and it was it was very intense. So
0: well it was the height of the pandemic, right? And yeah I know that manufacturing was really affected yeah dramatically. So it was a very stressful work time for you. Yeah,
1: for sure. So I really started just hitting a wall with fasting and I don't know. It was kind of like a switch flipped and I I was just like hungry all the time and just wanting to eat peanut butter cups and Coke Zero. Like you know, like I just and everything felt really out of
0: control. So, so let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a possibility I mean there I got two things in my mind. You know, one the stress obviously. Stress causes us to want to eat And eat and eat. That's what our brains do when we're under stress. Also, is there any chance you could have been doing any over-fasting? Or do you think you were really doing a pattern that your body thought was great, but it was just the stress was too much?
1: I think it could have been a combination. So in September of that year, I started working with Lori Lewis a little bit to get some just extra fasting coaching. Cause I was like, I used to be really good at this fasting thing. Like why, why is it so hard all of a sudden? So I worked with Lori for a little while and I also started seeing a naturopath and had, you know, some, blood work done, did some supplements and and kind of all of that stuff trying to get
0: get to the root of what was happening. So was it just that fasting became hard and you just really couldn't make it through a fast? Or was it when you got to the eating window? What what was the nature of your struggle?
1: I feel like it was a combination of both. I feel like I would be like, I'm doing 19 hours or I'm doing 20 hours. And at 18 hours, I would be like, I just can't make it. And I had never really felt that way before with fasting. I always felt it gave you so much control. And like, uh, like when my windows, when 19 hours is here, then I'll eat, but I don't know. And I think it could be, I mean, all the cortisol with stress. I mean, it really can kind of mess with
0: your brain and what you want. <laughs> so it can. And I also, we know that because you know, that's something that people say a lot where there's reason there behind it. People say, You know, fasting is a stress. It causes you to have higher cortisol. So you should not do fasting. Well, no. (laughs) But if you also have a lot of other stress going on, like everything when we think of stress is exercise is a stress. Does that mean you should not exercise? Of course not. But there comes a period of time where you can exercise to a point that your body feels like it's too much, It's too much stress. And that point is not going to be the same for everybody. And it's not going to be the same for your body at different seasons. Like there might be a period of time where you're fasting and doing exercise and having other stresses and then all of them put together. Your body suddenly is like, that is too many stresses. It's like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back kind of a thing. So we know that stress... There are those good stresses that we need to have in our lives, but it's just when they add up and multiply and get together that our bodies just rebel. So it sounds like to me that could be what was happening.
1: I think so. Well, and also, so I'm 46 right now, and I feel like I'm, you know, in that transition period too of like menopause and all of that girly stuff that
0: happens. So the hormones are so much fun, aren't they? (laughs) For sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Basically, you kept fasting, but it was harder to fast. So, what happened next?
1: So, I added some supplements. I worked through 2021, but my weight was just has been really up and down since then. And there are times where, even this week, where I was fasting and, you know, it was two o'clock. And I had something to eat, and it it was fine. And there are other times where it just feels like I get to 16 hours, and I'm like, "Gosh, I really, I need to eat something right now." Right. I really liked using the app and kind of tracking because I feel like that appeals to my, I don't know, like logic part of my brain of of things. But even that, at the end of last year, I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to pause on on tracking all of these." And because when I was ending early. Then I just started having like all of this kind of negative self-talk about it. Yeah. All the guilt about it. And I was like, okay, this is silly. Like you're still fasting. It's still, it's still good for your body. It's not maybe as long as I would want it to be. I'm not having maybe the results that I wish I was having, but I still do know that it's good for my body. And that's really why I've, I've stuck with it. Right. And even with Like with my husband and and I have teenagers at home and I just, I don't like push breakfast like I used to. I mean, I just feel like my kids now kind of manage the morning on their own and I've kind of gotten away from breakfast being the most important meal of the day. It's like, well, sure it is, but whenever you have it, not at 6 a.m.,
0: Yeah, you know, I actually heard something interesting. This this episode hasn't aired yet as of our recording date, but by the time that our episode comes out, it will have aired. But I talked to Mark Mattson recently. You know who he is? He's the guy who wrote the New England Journal of Medicine article, and he actually just had a book that came out. We we're recording this in February. It just came out at the beginning of this month. And you know, he's like a rock star in the intermittent fasting world of research. If you follow researchers, but I interviewed him recently for the podcast, and he was talking about that breakfast for kids, like while we've been told breakfast is what kids have to have to think better, he was telling me about the study that they did for that. It was like they took a group of kids that always ate breakfast, whole group of kids who always ate breakfast, and they divided them into two groups. And one group, they gave them breakfast, and the other group, they didn't. Now, these were kids who normally ate breakfast, and then they checked to see how they did later in the morning. Well, guess what? The ones who hadn't had breakfast that day didn't do very well. But they didn't, like, do it for a long period of time. They're just like, oop, kids can't learn without breakfast. Isn't that interesting? That, that whole thing has been based on kids who normally ate breakfast. It would have been really interesting if they just said, how about kids who never eat breakfast. Right. Let's see about, maybe they are fabulous and fine. I don't know. But they didn't even look at that. They just looked at these kids who normally ate breakfast. Some of them didn't get breakfast. And surprise, surprise, they had a hard morning. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I know, sometimes so, the research studies that have happened, you just wonder, like, who designed that? Yeah, yeah.
0: I know. I <laughs> I was like wow that's so interesting but yeah because we've been pushing our children to eat because we've been told that's what you do they need the brain fuel when really maybe you just need to let them eat if they want to right
1: yeah well and that's kind of what we do in our house now is you know the kids eat if they want to and sometimes they do like sometimes they wake up both of our kids are athletes and so when they're doing a lot of sports like sometimes they wake up and they're hungry And that's fine. And then sometimes they go to school and they don't eat until lunchtime and that's fine too. So we kind of let them decide now instead of like, you must eat some sugar cereal before you leave for school.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that would make me, we know how we are now. If if I were to eat sugar cereal first thing in the morning, I would feel awful. I wouldn't be learning very well at all. I would be like, you know, if I had to go to a conference right now as an adult, I would not eat beforehand because I know it would make me sluggish.
1: Well, and I feel like it makes you hungrier, too. You're going to be hungry in 10 minutes after you burn through that, so.
0: I guess that we're at the point now where we couldn't really, it might be considered unethical to design a study where we don't feed children. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know how we would ever know. Yeah, I don't because, know. You know. you're the children. You're not going to get food. I don't think that would get approved. So <laughs> <It> probably would. <laughs> I don't think it would. So I guess the moral of the story is parents, listen to your children. If they want to eat, feed them. If they're like, I'm not hungry, then do not feel guilty. Right. That's really what it boils down to. I think so, too. They will know. They're not going to refuse to eat if they need to eat.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think really – Part of fasting is learning how to listen to your body. And so just respecting that our kids haven't messed that up yet. So maybe we should kind of listen to them and follow their lead.
0: I think so too. So your weight's been up and down. That's what you, you, you said. Have you maintained most of the loss or regained a good bit of, of what you lost? I think I've
1: gained a lot of what I lost initially. Okay. So So I was down to you know, around 170, I'm five, seven and a half. I'm mean, going to count that half inch. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that counts. And I've been around, you know, 195, 200 for a while now. So, okay. And like, sometimes I'll, it'll dip back down a little bit, but it feels like I'm in a place right now where I'm a little stuck. I still am fasting every day and usually like over 16 hours. I mean, it's not not like just kind of a nighttime fast, but I feel like I, I usually am still pretty consistent. But when I was really losing weight, I was probably more in like the twenty one hour zone. And doing the alternate day fasting really helped too. But I just don't feel like I can get there. I mean, like yep. it causes I don't know. It's it's just hard now.
0: It feels like it's too much for your body right now. Yes. For sure. Can I share that you almost didn't want to come on? Can I share that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so for listeners, <laughs> Marianne and I had an email conversation a few days ago where she emailed. and She said, I just can't come on. I can't come on the podcast because I'm struggling and I can't tell a success story because I'm struggling. And I'm like, no, this is an important story. We need to tell the story because, you know, sometimes we make it sound like it's so easy, right? Right. And if you had told your story... When did you start struggling? In August of uh, September of 2020? Is that when the struggle really started? Okay, so you started struggling in September of 2020. And you had been fasting for, you know, what, nine months, 10 months then, 10 months at that point. So if you had told your story then, it would have been a very successful story of someone who had lost 40 pounds in 10 months, which is exactly the right pace. And here we are, easy peasy. Such a great success story. And then boom, you started to struggle. But that's what reality is. The struggle is part of life. I think for every person who has an easy breezy success story, those are the ones who reach out to me and want to tell their story. We've got the people who are struggling and having a hard time. And they're not emailing me to tell their story. But it's important for them to hear that there are people who are trying and struggling and having a hard time.
1: I think that's true.
0: That's why you convinced me. So I was like, please tell your story. Well, that's why. I was like, please come and tell your story because I think your story is valuable. And, you know, we can talk through some of the things that are are so important and that you're doing so many things that are right right now. Even mm-hmm. though it might feel like, gosh, I'm not having any success, but you are because you're still fasting. I think the thing that really is the big giant like red flag is your body suddenly fighting back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talk about that a little bit. Your body feels like it just needs to eat a little bit more. Do you think it's physical, emotional? What do you think?
1: I think it's probably emotional. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think that when I start feeling overwhelmed, then like that's just that emotional. I just need something right now. And I transitioned to a new role in my organization, and I'm definitely in, like, a learning mode. But I've been at this organization for a really long time, so I feel like sometimes people think I really, like, know what I'm doing, but I'm still really learning.
0: (laughs) And so... (laughs) Is there a little imposter syndrome in there a little bit? Like, you fake it till you make it, but I'm just faking it for a while? I feel like I'm faking it a little bit right now.
1: Yeah. And... I'm a really driven person. So I've set like a lot of goals and then I've, I've worked to achieve them. And, and that's part of like that little health group that when we get together, we all like have a goal that we're working on, our wildly important goal. And then we're, you know, like chipping away at it and like, how do we move the needle? And I love that way of thinking. And so the fact that like, I can't move the needle on it is really frustrating. And I really have been trying to balance that with what are the things that are still like really good in my life and what do I have to be grateful for? Because I feel like I have a really blessed life and I have, you know, amazing kids and a great family and I'm in grad school. I get to have that opportunity to learn something that I really love. And so, so I'm trying to like balance that, right? Like, and go like, Maybe right now is just not the time that my body can just say, like, it's okay to to lose these pounds that I want to lose because I do have a lot going on. Right. And, like, just trying to remember, your body is trying to do what's right.
0: Yeah, that is true. Your body is going through the grad school in there as well. So you've got kids at home. Yep. Teenagers. Yes. 14 and 13 okay well there's that stress right there all of us that have had let me just tell you it gets so much better <laughs> they grow up and then they like suddenly realize you do no stuff
1: right that you know what I remember having that moment with my own parents actually like you know like when you're 23 and all of a sudden you're like oh,
0: my parents didn't know they do. They know stuff. Yeah, I was just at the beach with Will, my 22-year-old, and we we went just the two of us. We went and had just a quick little few days away and I was like, "Okay, well, don't put that in the dishwasher. We're going to hand wash them before we go. Just leave them there. I'll get to them." And then I came back in, he had like washed them himself.
1: Wow.
0: I know. Oh. <laughs> it's those things that are the parenting wins. Right. You right? raised him right. Well, he's like adult now. He's yeah. like, oh, I'll just watch them because I'm standing here. Like he took the trash out. I didn't have to ask him or nag him or he didn't give me any lip. He didn't give me any lip the whole time we were there. No lip at all. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the one when he was 19. Oh, Lordy. So it, it gets better. <laughs> I thought he was going to have to like go move out and live on the street or something. <laughs> he was driving me crazy. But he, they do grow up. But, you know, the teenage years, grad school and a new role in your job. Yep. And we've had the pandemic. So even if nothing stressful was happening, it's just been a period of heightened stress where we none of us have really known if we're okay. Sure. Right? Yeah.
1: No, I think that's really true. And I was leading a team of folks in our organization for a while, and just so many people are struggling right now. I feel like that was even you know, part of my challenge for a while is, you know, hearing their stories. And yeah,
0: and you take that on. Yes, you do. Yeah, you really, really do. So, you know, you talked about how it's made you feel like you need to the the emotional eating has taken a larger role. But I wanted to explore that and talk about how that's very normal. Like I eat emotionally sometimes. I know people are probably like, what? But I do. There are times that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have this ice cream right now because it makes my brain feel soothed. Right. And it's because I'm human.
1: Right. So giving
0: ourselves permission to be human, what, Jen? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to not always have the... The weight loss, right? Giving ourselves permission to like, you know what? I am having this stressful time. I am going to just have longer windows. I'm going to eat food that makes me feel better. But I'm still, you know, you're still fasting. You said usually 16 plus. Mm -hmm. So you're getting health benefits every hour of that clean fast. You're helping your body.
1: Right. I do believe that. And I also think I've seen it with when I've had, blood tests and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like my A1C has been really low. My fasting glucose has been low. So I've read your books, but I also read, you know, Jason Fung and, and Benjamin
0: Bickman, who I love. And. Oh yeah. That's such a good book. Why we get sick by Benjamin Bickman. uh, So good. Mm -hmm. Have you had a fasted insulin test yet? I don't think I have. You probably haven't. You would know if you had because you have to ask for it okay, and beg for it and <laughs> pay for it yourself and stuff like that. There's, there's a place, I can't remember the name of it. There's somewhere you can like order one for yourself online. I can't remember the place. I can never remember it. Sherry Bullock talks about it, so I'd, I would have to ask her. But you can definitely do it if your doctor won't do it. But so much good information from the fasted insulin test. But yours is probably good. You've been fasting and everything else is looking good. So it probably is but after reading Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman you realize how important insulin really is. For Hyperinsulinemia sure. really is is the root of so many things.
1: I know when I read his book I feel like it was one of those mind-blowing moments where you're just like seriously that's linked to it and then that's linked to it and then this uh, like everything. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes learning that stuff that's been something I've really appreciated about about your podcast and then just kind of the fasting community is, I think there's so much knowledge in kind of understanding how that works and even why sometimes your body holds on to stuff is, I think it's been helpful. in as I've been kind of struggling with this, just kind of knowing that like my body is, is trying to protect me so that, (laughs) (laughs) that you live,
0: your body just wants you
1: to live. It just thinks probably that, you know, there's all this stress, there's a lion out there or something. I don't know. So
0: well, it's true. And the whole sentence of you know intermittent fasting works or intermittent fasting doesn't work, you would have to really dig down into what do you mean by works or doesn't work, right? Or like you could say right now where intermittent fasting isn't working, but it is working. It's not giving you weight loss right now, right? Yeah. So that's the whole disconnect that we have to disconnect. The idea of intermittent fasting is if you're not losing weight, it's just not working because that makes it just seem like that's the only thing that it could do.
1: Right. I really do believe that there's so much more to it than just weight loss. And otherwise I wouldn't be doing it, right? Like I would You'd be quitting. I yeah. quit, but exactly. I do know that I feel better when I fast And even just in the mornings when I feel like My head is clear, you know, like when you have early morning meetings and, you know, I'm just not worried about, I need to eat something right now. It's not until like later, kind of around, around lunchtime, I feel like I'll be like, ooh, maybe I do need something now.
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) And is that, again, is it a physical feeling that you're having or is it just like, oh, I just really need it?
1: I feel like it's more like I just need it. Yeah. Then, because... Like sometimes my stomach will growl or something but like I just know that that's not
0: it's not like real hunger. Yeah.
1: I was like, well, whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Somebody who was in her first week was just talking about that in the the community this week. And she's like I I have all these hunger pangs all the time, like so many, so many, so many and I'm like, "Okay, tell me what you mean by that." It was growling. Mm. I'm like, yeah. okay. Well, are you feeling shaky? Are you feeling nauseous? Are you feeling like your blood sugar is crashing? She's like, it was just stomach growling. Yeah. And so, learning that stomach growling is a mechanical action and not—we've just been taught, you know, if your stomach growls, you need to put food in there. But
1: right. Well, and so I definitely don't think I'm having any of like the physical. Like I'm not shaky, or I, I don't feel like that low blood sugar thing I feel like it's definitely more emotional like I can't make it I need to go I need a cheat stick
0: yeah and I'm just gonna tell you my advice would be do that yeah open that window and eat at this point people might be thinking what Jen you should tell her to push through but if your body is stressed out and you're feeling emotional hunger to that degree you don't want to add to the stress you don't want fasting to be unpleasant and stressful. You want it to be an enjoyable way to live.
1: Right. Well, and that's why I I decided to pause on doing the app for a while. It's like right. just because it just started feeling like one more thing and then like if I forgot to close it, I'd be like, "Oh, what time was that at?" and then and then I was like, just be right now and it's okay.
0: Exactly. And instead of being hyper-focused on, I've got to lose this weight, now I've got to lose it again, the weight that I lost before, I've got to get better, I'm failing. Instead, you know that you're not failing. Every clean fast that you have is helping your body with the healing. Like, you've got good numbers. Your blood work is good, right? Everything's looking good. So
1: Yep, everything is looking good, yeah.
0: You're healthy. You're just not the weight you want to be. right. And so we need to judge ourselves differently. But it's easy for me to say. It's easy for someone to say who's you know, lost the weight. But in general, I would like to send that message to everybody. Right. You're not your weight. Yes. I completely agree.
1: Although, Jen, like I had this thing about, I'm like, I'm not buying new pants. I'm just, I'm wearing these pants. And then I had to buy new pants. And I was like. You had to buy new pants. <sighs> just so frustrating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think sometimes just letting it go, you know, there was somebody, I can't remember who said it. Someone in the Facebook group one time said, fast, clean, and release expectations. And you can put a lot of pressure on yourself.
1: Yes, for sure. I
0: love that. And so, oh, that's yeah. really beautiful. Fast, clean, and release expectations because you know that what you're doing is, is healthy. But. You did have to buy new pants, and that was the wrong direction, pants, right? Right. I remember being in those – when my body was gaining weight, this is after I quit the diet pill era, (laughs) back around 2005. And suddenly, I was buying new pants all the time. Like, I was gaining weight rapidly. I gained 50 pounds in a year and a half. I also was going through a lot of stress during that period of my life. We moved and – you know, my husband was really stressed. So our marriage was rocky. You know, if one spouse is stressed and the other one is stressed, we were not getting along and very well. And the boys were little. They were in kindergarten and third grade at that time. And it was a hard time. And my body was just like, all right, we're going to gain a lot of weight. Yeah. It felt bad.
1: Yeah. It didn't feel great doing that. But I did decide, like, well, I'm just going to buy, like, I'm going to buy the cutest,
0: stupid pants that I can find. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I will rock these pants. Yeah, I think so. And so I would just encourage you. I mean, you you're just gonna keep doing what you're doing.
1: Yes. That's where I'm at right now is just and really focusing, focusing on the positives mm-hmm. and the things that are going right. I mean, more than anything, I, I really just want to be a healthy person who's gonna be around for a long time for my kids, you know. And so it'd be nice to be wearing smaller pants, but I feel good. I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm okay right now. So
0: you feel good and you're healthy in your blood work and your other markers of health. So that's important. Yeah. Right now, my prescri- the gin prescription, the gin who's not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the prescription I would give you is, you know, fast when it feels good. Eat when your body's like, I'm just gonna you need to eat right now, even if it's emotional. Even if that's what it is, you know, but focus on nourishing your body, you know, putting in the, you know, the nutrients that your body needs. That helps too. Are you doing that as well? Yep. Focus on that food quality.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah. So if you know you're putting in high quality fuel and you know that you're fasting as much as feels good to you, then you're winning.
1: All right. I should just roll with that then.
0: I would roll with it. Yeah.
1: I like it. (laughs) Okay. I think I can do that, Jen. I am. I am doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can. So fasting is working for you. It's just not quite yet with the weight loss. Right. What I think would be really great is how long are you going to be in grad school? I
1: think probably another year and a half because I I started this last September. So I'll be halfway through at the end of, of 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. And also the hormonal transition is going to come. So you're going to have those changes. You're going to have your hormonal changes. I actually remember from Why We Get Sick, Benjamin Bickman's book, him talking about what happens hormonally and how the menopausal transition actually makes our insulin resistance worse. Right. Right. That seems so unfair. I know. (laughs) It does seem unfair, which explained why women tend to gain weight around menopause. I was like, well, that makes sense, right? So I do find, I'm going to be honest, I do find I have to be more careful about what I eat Mm -hmm. now. I don't have as much leeway or flexibility as I used to. My honesty pants get tighter sooner. (laughs) I have to pay a little bit more attention than I did probably in about 2018 before I went through menopause. So, but now I understand why it makes sense.
1: Even my naturopath, like she said, the last time that I was talking to her, she's like, gosh, as we get older, we just have to do things differently. And it's, it's hard because we're such linear thinkers and, and we're like, no, that's always worked. That's what I did in my twenties and my thirties. But she's like, it's not the same. And you do have to change. And you know, make those adjustments, whether it's like activity level
0: or what you're eating, or you even using some of Dr. Anna Becca's Jolva cream. <laughs> Let me just throw that. I mean, whatever. Things are different right. in a lot of ways, in a lot of places, and you you can't. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. It's just a matter of, so, you know, you could be mad about it. Like I could be mad that I have to be more careful now than I had to be in 2018. Or I could just be like, well, you know what? It's di- I have a different body than I had in 2018. Hormonally, it's really different.
1: That is true. Well, and I just think accepting that we're different every day, right? Like even in our brains, like we're after this conversation, we're going to be different than we were That's when we true. started. So yeah, I think accepting some of that changes, it's good for us.
0: It absolutely is. So, knowing that success is with intermittent fasting means you get up every day and you feel good. Yep. How would you define success with intermittent fasting right now at this stage of your life and this part of the process?
1: I would say success is feeling healthy and strong.
0: I think that's good. Yeah. And feeling good in your day, throughout the day. Yes. But also giving yourself grace when you need to open that window earlier. Yes. Because guilt is a real thing.
1: For sure it is. Yeah, it definitely is.
0: Like, does that happen when you feel that need and then you're like feeling a little guilty that you made that decision sometimes?
1: Sometimes I feel like more when I still was using the tracking app. Uh huh. I feel like I would like get something and then I'd be like, really? You can't wait like another hour? Because you're almost, you know, and and just really, like, beat myself up over it. And so I, I feel like now that I quit tracking, I've been able to have, like, a little bit more grace and just go, like, you know what? You're okay. You're still making okay choices. And this is a bump in kind of the, the roller coaster of life, right? So, like, there are times when health stuff feels easy. And I think there's times when it feels hard. And so... Right now, it feels a little hard. Mm-hmm. But I also do really believe that if, that I'll transition out of this and that
0: it'll be okay. Well, that's what I was going to say. I started to say it, and then I got sidetracked, like squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I went down a different path. But I was going to say, it would be really great. I want you to follow up with me. Okay. If you find that you know, once you're your grad school, that's why I asked you how much longer you had. And then as your kids get older, and as you get more comfortable in your job, I mean, having a job and going to grad school is a lot. Because I remember doing that. That is a lot. And parenting and keeping the house going.
1: It's true. There's a few things going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot going on. I remember being that person. And Amazingly, when I look back at that, that was also when I was obese. All that, Great. right? That whole period of time, I you know, was working on my doctorate, mm-hmm. and I was also teaching full time. The boys were in the, you know, like middle schoolish to early high school age. Okay.
1: You were teaching that- full time when you were getting your doctorate, and
0: yes. Holy cow, Jen. I know. And I was teaching the gift endorsement classes because I was working on my doctorate while I was teaching the gift endorsement classes because I'm a little crazy. I don't know. I was doing all that at one time.
1: Wow. But
0: I was also really, really struggling with my weight during that period of time. And that was when I got up to 210 pounds. Mm -hmm. But it was all that was going on at one time in my life. Right. It's
1: 3 o'clock somewhere. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to
0: locate a grocery store near you.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I lost the weight in
0: 2014 to 2015. That was when Cal was a senior in high school. You know, I'd finished my doctorate. I was, things were, work was really kind of smooth sailing. I was teaching the gift endorsement classes, but I knew what I was doing. But that one year that I was working on my doctorate, I mean, I didn't just work on it for one year, but it was when I was, you know, finishing it up and also teaching the gift endorsement classes, which were new because I just started doing that teaching adults. And it was a lot. And I think that stress, and it was not long after we had Yeah, because we moved here in 2005. So those years from 2005 to 2014, I was really doing a lot of things. And that's when it was the stress.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense. And yeah, I can kind of see that even in my life. And I wonder, it's funny because one of the gals that I work with right now, her kids have just graduated from college and they're getting married and everything. And she is with her husband and they like do CrossFit after work. And And she's like, we're like taking control of our health. And, but then the other day she said, you know, you're in a different place in your life than I am. Yeah. I'm an empty nester. Like, it's just me and my husband. We can do whatever we want. Like
0: (laughs) Maybe one will boomerang back home like ours did. (laughs) Will's back home. He's having some struggles. He's 22, the one who's 22, but he's he's having some challenges in his life, like young adults do. That is very true. Even though he's delightful as a person, (laughs) he's still having challenges. (laughs) So he's back home. Chad and I just for having this conversation, we're sitting out in the front yard today, and we're talking about. He's like, I wasn't counting on Will being back, and I'm like, like, well, it is what it is. Right. I'm not stressed about it, but apparently, Chad, it's like he liked the empty nest a little more than having the bird fly back. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, no matter how old your kids are, you never stop being a
0: parent. That's right. I was like, well, it's what we're doing. He's going to be here because he needs us. As long as he needs us, he needs us. So that's just what you do. So, but again, I think I keep getting to this point. I really would like you to reach back out later. And, you know, I've had a part two on the podcast from, you know, Laurie Lewis came back and told her story some more. And I just had Graham back on. Graham Curry came back. And so I think Marianne, Part two, whether it's in a year or whenever it is, when you feel like and then we could come back and, and talk about how your life changed. Okay. As the stress gets less settled down. Yeah. Hopefully that's what the story will be telling. Right. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> that would be good. That would be great. But in the meantime, as I said, I think it is really, really important for all listeners to know that it is normal to have a period of struggle, even that you can be successful and then struggle
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as you go through different challenges and changes in your life and that you shouldn't feel bad.
1: I'm glad you convinced me to come on. And I do remember like one time my husband was actually listening to the podcast with me. He's like, all these people, like every single one
0: of them is doing good. Like he was skeptical, I guess. (laughs) So It's because again, that's the thing, you know. The people who reach out and send you an email and want to come on your podcast aren't the people who are like, I've been doing this for a year and I gained 10 pounds. Can I come on your podcast? No, that person is an email inmate.
1: Honestly, like when I emailed you, it was when I was doing really good, right? I know. Yeah. It was when, oh, I
0: got this. And see, the beauty of the way I have so many people who want to be on the podcast, like we're recording in February and it's coming out in August. So I have a lot of people in the hopper, right, who want to be on the podcast. So I'm now at the point, like people who are emailing me today in February, I am like, all right, email me back in six months. Mm. And then we can see about getting you on in another four months. So like we're really almost a year out. But in that period of time, there are going to be people who struggle. Right. But I think it's important, again, like I said, to tell that story. I think so, too. So that everybody doesn't have It's all just rosy. You do it. It's easy. We lived happily ever after the end. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, we will do that, Jen. Like that's we're going to get there. Well, I hope so. But, you know, even if you come back in a year and say, you know what, I mean, I, I would love to have that anyway. I'll put you on the VIP okay. list. I have a VIP list. <laughs> yeah, there's a different link or that has more slots open. But <laughs> awesome. even if you say, you know what, it's been a year and I'm still just cruising along. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would still be worth telling. And we could explore that and see how you're feeling at the time. Because again, I think it's important to realize it's not always easy every day. Sometimes it's not easy for me every day. Every day, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Sometimes I just want to eat. <laughs> One day at the beach, we had ice cream for dinner. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! We did. Yeah. Well, I was there with, like I said, I was twenty two, and we had we had such a good time. We went and had like burrata and pesto and great bread, and I had kombucha, and it was wonderful. And then we went to the aquarium, which was great, and that was nice. And then we were on our way back to the little cottage and we didn't know what we were going to do for dinner. I had something I was going to cook from Green Chef, maybe lots of vegetables that sounded good, but we're driving by and I'm like, ooh. There's that milkshake place that I told you about. It's called the Crazy Mason. Hmm. Yeah, it's in Market Commons in Myrtle Beach. It's in this bowling alley, but it's like these milkshakes are like extravagant. Like they put like a piece of pie on top of it. I mean, it's like, and I'm like, let's just have milkshakes. And that is what we did. Wow. You know what? It's good to be a grown up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a benefit to it. (laughs) So we went and we had the milkshakes and I couldn't eat all of mine. He ate all of his. (laughs) But then we went back to the house and later I was like, like, I got to eat some hummus now because my body needed like something. That was the most vegetable thing I had around was hummus. So I just ate some hummus and then I felt a little better because, but you know that, did I need to do that? No. So I'm not perfect every day.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we just need to be real people, right?
0: Exactly. And except that there are going to be days when it just is like riding a bicycle. And then there's some days when it's like riding a bicycle and you're falling off the bicycle. Right.
1: You're crashing your bike. <laughs>
0: I actually was thinking about that the other day when I was riding a bicycle because I, I haven't ridden a bicycle in years, but Chad has a bicycle and, and Will, they like ride it. Two of them, they shared a little bit. I don't know whose it really is, but it was in our garage. And I was like, I wonder if I could ride this. First of all, I mean, it's way too big for me. Mm-hmm. The bike is too big. Because they're quite but a bit taller than you, right? They're tall, yeah. right? So, so I'm like, I'm going to ride this bicycle. So I got on it and it was not like riding a bicycle. <laughs> it was, I was bad at it. I'm, I was like, I'm going to fall and break a hip or <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> you might need a bicycle that fits you, Jen. Maybe. So
0: I got off the bicycle and came on in the house. That's all I've said. I love it. So in general, I'm gonna ask you another question. Okay. Just even though you're struggling, how has intermittent fasting changed your life?
1: I think it's really helped me understand like how my body works and in a way that I didn't understand before. And my parents weren't like super healthy people. My dad had type two diabetes. And so I always just like was really worried. Like that's not the path that I wanted to go down. So intermittent fasting really helped me understand, you know, what, what insulin is and, and what it does. And, and I just feel like there's a lot of power in that. So I just appreciate that, that I understand that now and, and can appreciate that even when even if I do 16 hours, like it's still good for my body. Like there's still positive things that are happening.
0: And even if you're not in your goal pants, right, you may be avoiding type two diabetes, right? which is, which is huge, it's huge. right? It is huge. It's huge. Yeah. And I think that's just really important to keep in mind because I had the thought as I was going through menopause and I was like, what if I gain all this weight and gain it? Well, I'm Jen Stevens. I can't gain any weight. And I was like, well, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> because <laughs> I will never diet again. I'm just, you know, if, if intermittent fasting quote stopped working, and I say that in air quotes because it'll never stop working for health. But if it stopped working for weight maintenance, I still wouldn't stop. And I'm still never going to diet again. Yeah, I feel that way too. I can't go back to it. But I, I am confident that I'm going to age and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Even if I had to upsize my pants at one point down the road, when I mean, I'm 60, 70, who knows what could happen. But I'm still going to be doing intermittent fasting. Me too. I'll do it right along with you, Jen. <laughs> Yay, we'll be doing it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say I want you to reach back out. Okay. And I'd love to have you back on. And especially if your body starts to cooperate in a different kind of way. But even if it doesn't, I think it would be a good conversation to have. Because I really want people to have realistic expectations of it is not always going to be unicorns and rainbows.
1: Right. I agree. Well, and even when it's not unicorns and rainbows, that it's, it's still puppies. It's okay. Yeah. There's it's kittens. There's
0: kittens. There's puppies. <laughs> <laughs> it's still way better than before. Yes. I completely agree. You know? Yep. <laughs> like if my body suddenly decided I needed to gain 20 pounds, I'm still not 210.
1: Right. And you're still And, healthy. and I'm
0: healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's what really matters. All right. So we are coming to the end. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I think I would just, I would say really listen to your body and maybe let go of some expectations and just kind of go with the flow of it. So, because I mean, all of those things that we add on, those layers of expectations, I think it can make it pretty heavy. When you struggle, it it makes it worse. So kind of letting go of some of that and just saying like, this is a journey and it's not always A to B and I'm going to be okay with it.
0: And it's a healthy lifestyle. Yes. No matter what is happening, it's a healthy way to live. And I would again say, if you're struggling and you're pushing yourself to fast more than your body is comfortable with. It's okay to scale back because you don't want to stress your body out more than you need to. So if you're under a great deal of other stress and fasting feels hard, do what you can. Right. Instead of stressing yourself out more, like, well, now I got to get to 22 hours every day. I got to do 23 one, And that's adding more stress. And that's layering on top of the other stress. And so then fasting can become a, a bad stress. And we want to avoid that. So. And giving yourself grace. Absolutely, and and knowing that there are different seasons for different things in your life. Right. That's perfect. Well, Marianne, I'm so glad that you came on anyway, and it's been such a good conversation, and I really feel like this is one that's going to be valuable for listeners, and so I'm really grateful that you told your story. All right. Thank you. It was super fun meeting you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, fasting family, where we will hear another inspiring story.